For three days only, save up to 30% off bestsellers from First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store. They'll also have for sale the Bear Grease Trucker Hats and Camo. They're included in this sale and all the great gear on First Light. Whether you're fishing, shed hunting, scouting, sighting in rifles, or cutting lanes, your gear needs to keep up with all your spring and summer pursuits. The sale has you covered. Hurry, the sale ends May 16th. Shop now at firstlight.com, F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com. It's a meat-eater podcast. Welcome to Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm your host, Spencer Newarth, and today we're joined by Giannis Patelis, Ryan Callahan, Brody Henderson, Garrett Long, Corinne Schneider, Dan Chumbler, and Maggie Smith. Now, Dan, this is your first time on the podcast, so tell folks what you do here at Meat Eater. Thanks, Spencer. I'm Dan Chumbler. I'm CEO. You got you got more than that, right? You got more than that, right? Like people think Steve runs the ship here, but but this is the guy that does. No, I don't know about that, but I enjoy working with all of you. And uh, my job is really interesting because I got I get to do a lot of varied things, and uh, this being one of them. So I look forward to beating Garrett today. Oh, what's wow. your What's your favorite you part your of being higher. CEO at Meat Eater? Is it Picking all the hunts that Steve's going to go on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, the only reason I know where he is is because <laughs> his assistant updates my calendar. Uh, other than that, I have no idea where he is generally. Um, but no, my favorite, uh, favorite aspect of working here is, is really with the people. Um, I, I love that we all share the same passions and we enjoy working with one another, and that's been a lot of fun. Well said. Yanni is very excited to have you here. He was talking before we started recording that uh, the vibes are good in the room because we got Dan in the room. Now, if you're not familiar, this is a 10-round quiz show with questions from Meat Eaters for Verticals, which are hunting, fishing, conservation, and cooking. And there's a prize. Meat Eater will donate $500 to the conservation organization of the winner's choosing. And each week here on Meat Eater Trivia, we reveal a new stat. This week, we are formalizing the Shelby Index. The Shelby Index is a way to measure how difficult or easy a game of trivia is. Shelby is my wife, and each night before I come record these shows, I ask her these questions to see how she does. Normally, she gets about half as many right as our winner. So, if the Shelby Index is a 2, then that's a damn tough round, and our winner is projected to get 4. Or, if she gets a 4, then it's a less challenging batch of questions, and our winner should end up with an eight. The Shelby index for this episode is a four and a half. So today's Ooh. winner should be in the ballpark of nine. It's a very conscientious word choice there. What's that? It's a less challenging round, not easy. I thought about that one a lot, yeah. Cal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now in a previous game of trivia, we talked about Alabama white sauce, to which Phil commented that he thought it's the same thing as comeback sauce. Well, Ryan McCarty wrote in to say that Alabama white sauce and comeback sauce are very different things. Although both are mayo-based, comeback sauce differs by using chili paste, ketchup, Dijon mustard, and a slew of other spices. Comeback sauce was born in Mississippi, and the name originates from a type of salutation that's common in the state. Now, Phil, can you put on your best Southern accent and help me out with this next part? Y'all come back now, you hear? Oh! There we go. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
Do it again. You, you make one more try at it. Here, so do sad. it. Do it one more time. This that was is, perfect. What are you that, talking about? This is how comeback sauce gets its name. Y'all come back now. You hear? Very good, Phil. <laughs> Phil, so talented. I don't think we ever talked about um, how you were in the Sound of Music in Bozeman. I was. Yeah, we did. We did not talk about it. I kind of kept it on the down low until Spencer decided to shout it from the rooftops, which was very kind. You didn't I want me to do that? that? No, that was a totally fine. Totally fine. Phil, what, is, what part were you playing? Uh, I was Franz, the Nazi sympathizing oh. butler. Mm. <laughs> uh, a lot of fun. No, and I mean, it was. I, I did. I think Spencer's bringing up the fact that I had spoken an English accent throughout the uh, the play. Phil is so talented. I I told him he had the best accent of the whole cast, and I meant it. Uh, very proud of you, Phil, for how well you did. It was a fun play to watch. Agreed. Oh, thanks, you guys. went too, Maggie? Yes, I did. With that, we are on to Meat Eater Trivia. Play the drop, Phil. Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? You stand to win everything. Game on, suckers! That Question get, that one. That gets me fired up, Bam. Mm. Me too. Question one, the topic is conservation. What type of biome has experienced the most extinction in the last 500 years? This is multiple choice, and your options are deserts, islands, tundra, or forest. What type of biome has experienced the most extinction in the last 500 years? Deserts, islands, tundra, or forests? How you feel about this, Yanni? You got Pretty good. kind of a grin on your face. You're trying to hide it, even. Well, no, because I feel like the uh, <clears throat> the hints are just uh, alive with you know within this question. So I'm really? having a hard time, you know, not blurting something out right okay. now. Okay, what type of biome has experienced the most extinction in the last 500 years? Does everybody have an answer? What were uh, the choices again? Uh, deserts, islands, tundra, or forests. Oh, wow. Brody did a lot of writing over there. Now we have some erasing. Dan had to change his answer. I'm 50-50. Just Dan, so you know, usually when people change their answer in this game, it bites them in the tooth. I'm going to yeah. argue a bunch <laughs> if, uh, if I'm wrong. I'm feeling about like 25% on this one. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Garrett saying islands. Maggie saying islands. Brody saying forests. Corinne saying tundra, Cal saying islands, Giannis saying tundra, and Dan saying tundra. The correct answer is islands. Okay, here's where I start arguing. Okay, let's hear it. An island could have a desert biome, a forest biome, or a tundra biome. So why didn't you pick island? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because it like... Because it it, it encompasses all of them? (laughs) A biome is a specific environment. I agree. I agree. We're, right. we're, we're, we're so, there. Brody, so you're going to have island to, biome. I'm, just not play, I'm using your strategy, and you didn't use saying. your strategy. You're going to have saying. to talk to the folks that have labeled these biomes. 75% of species extinctions have mm. occurred on islands, according to the Island Conservation Group. The leading and we're factor, not done yet. No, the leading factor is humans and the invasive species they bring. Island plants and animals are so vulnerable because they have small populations, restricted genetic diversity, and narrow home ranges. I do think the crux of that question is, is you know, we, we kind of lean towards animal species, but uh, plant species. Sure, but it, d- it doesn't change the fact that you could have a desert island, a 
Forest Island or a tundra island. I'm with Cal. You should have rode down islands then. No, no, Sounds like you got the question. You wrong. could have all of those on one island, right? <laughs> you could. Mm, I doubt it. Tundra, desert, and tundra forest would be, be pretty. Hard. That'd yeah. be a great island. Question two. Moving on. The topic is fishing. This next great question comes to us via Tucker Baker. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. Dale Hollow Lake, which is where the world record smallmouth was caught, is a reservoir that straddles two states. Name one of those states. (laughs) Dale Hollow Lake, which is where the world record smallmouth was caught, is a reservoir that straddles two states. I need you to name one of those states. Does anybody in this room know where this lake is? Well, Garrett had a pretty confident answer over here, or did you just like write down the first state you thought of? I, I feel moderately confident. Okay. Yeah. Good on you. Rest of the room not as confident. Again, looking for what two states share Dale Hollow Lake. But we only need one of them. Just one state. I know two regions of the country that are known for big smallmouths. Mm. You think you got it right? Mm-hmm. No. That's better than me because no I know wild guess. one region of the United States where they use the word hollow. And that's what I'm basing my answer off. Mm-hmm. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Garrett saying Minnesota, Maggie saying Missouri, Brody saying Kentucky, Corinne saying Tennessee, Cal saying Tennessee, Giannis saying Minnesota, and Dan saying Missouri. The two states are Kentucky and Tennessee. So we had Corinne and Brody get it right. And Cal. And Cal. Well done. See, I blame Tony Peterson on that because he told me that the best uh, smallmouth fishing is in Minnesota. So. Uh, he may not be wrong. But have but you ever heard Tony say, wreck. like, uh, you know, down in the holler? <laughs> Uh, no, I've never Minnesota. heard him say that. Yeah. No. The 11-pound, 15-ounce smallie was caught there by David Hayes in 1955. The record was controversial because Hayes wouldn't share which state he caught the fish in. There were also claims that the fish was tampered with, and someone even came forward saying they shoved boat motor parts down the fish's throat before it was weighed. This caused the world record to be disqualified in 1996, but after a thorough investigation that included multiple polygraphs, it was reinstated in 2005. And because Hayes still wouldn't say what side of the lake he was on, both Kentucky and Tennessee list his smallmouth as their state records. Nice. Like that. So he's the, a spot. He's There's a, a lot of gravy in that story. Yeah. The, the most specific he would go, which I think was on his deathbed about a decade ago, he said it was within 500 feet of the state line. But there's a lot of lake there within 500 feet. Question three, we're on to cooking. Chipped meat, which is a gravy-based military meal, also goes by this vulgar name. Chipped meat, which is a gravy-based military meal, also goes by this vulgar name. Some confident answers. Takes a while from... to write that one down. <laughs> hey, 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 Giannis. hey, hey. Giannis, Brody, I'm and down, Cal I'm Noe. down, too. You can't be giving any hints right <laughs> now. Everyone that was done writing. Well, it says something about that no, smallmouth that it wasn't like, oh, they're putting lead shot in the fish, right? They're putting boat motor boat, parts boat in the fish. That's big fish. <laughs> I want to see that fish. Yeah. That's big fish. Again, chipped meat, which is a gravy-based military meal, 
also goes by this vulgar name. We had Cal, Giannis, and Brody who know it. Rest of the room not as confident. This no. is a great uh, duck hunter's deal for eating geese while you're shooting geese. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, I made it. I just don't know what it is. Does everybody have an My answer? kids were spouting off the other night at dinner <laughs> oh, about so, how I, we can say this because this is the name <laughs> of a food dish. That's hilarious. That was a hint. <laughs> that was a big time hint. Dan now has the writing. answer he's writing down. Does everybody else have an answer? I, if you didn't figure out off of your hint, Brody, then I think. Go ahead and reveal your answers. Oh, we have Garrett saying dog shit. Maggie without an answer. Brody saying shit on a shingle. Corinne without an answer. Cal saying SOS or shit on a shingle. Giannis saying shit on a shingle. And Dan saying shit on a shingle. They got it right. It's shit on a shingle. Now, Dan, did that hint that Giannis laid out there help you out a little bit? It just may have. (laughs) This is a common meal for all branches of the armed forces because it's filling, quick, easy, and cheap to make. If you want to learn how to create it, then go to TheMeatEater.com and check out Justin Townsend's recipe called Venison Shit on a Shingle. It's not real vulgar. I mean, it's, it's... Is it as bad as it sounds? No, it's great. No, it's great. I bet not. It doesn't your look your kids like it, Yanni. But it tastes good. You know, I don't even know if they've ever had it. I, oh, I, they, they just had, know it exists. I, yeah, somehow. But it's basically like biscuits and gravy. Yeah, I, in a I'm sure form. they've had like yeah. a rendition of it. Yeah, Maggie, you know, like your uh, old, like old style, like open face turkey sandwich with gravy on it. Yes. This is just like a more reduced version of that. Got you. You can think of it that Got way. you. And Justin's recipe has an egg on top, which I had Ooh. never seen before. Mm. Question four, the topic is woodsmanship. This is our listener question of the week, which was won by James Standen for sending this great question. James is going to get a set of meat eater coasters that were signed by everyone in the room. If you want a chance to win the listener question of the week, then send your question to trivia at themeateater.com. Hey, uh, real quick, I want to know, when these folks get these coasters, do mm-hmm. they uh, email you and say, thanks, Spencer, these are great. Are they pretty fired up about the signed coasters? Yeah, I think uh, people are genuinely excited. Uh, it is hard to keep up with the trivia inbox. We get about 200 emails a week. So uh, we do get some feedback when folks get their prizes, but uh, I'm just going to be honest with you, it probably gets lost. But the important thing mm. is they got their prize. The thank you gets lost. Yes, yep. According to the CDC... These two spiders with a color in their name are the most venomous in America. What are they? You need both? Both spiders. Son of a... According to the CDC, these two spiders with a color in their name are the most venomous in America. What are they? We'll talk about that after this. What's up? That little scar there. Oh, you've encountered one of these before. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I encountered. I don't want to say too much. Okay, again, looking for four hundred spider bites over the course of the last eight days. (laughs) (laughs) Looking for both spiders. spiders. What were you doing the last eight days? Chiggers. Chiggers a spider, right? Yeah, like same family. I think they got chiggers in New Mexico. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Every time I've been down there, I get nailed. Really? Steve got it real bad last year. Your Mm. belly's all covered up right now, and just especially where like my hip belt. Backpack straps land. Like, it's just, hmm. it's a real war zone down there, Yanni. <laughs> oh. Chiggers strike me as something you get in, like, a very lush, uh, vegetated area, like, well, uh, get, like Minnesota, Illinois. It's monsoon country, right? Okay. And, and they get some of the best uh, grassland, rangeland in the world. And, yeah, 
Trigger country. Mm. Does everybody have two spiders written down? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Garrett saying Black Widow and Brown Recluse. Uh, Maggie saying Black Widow and Brown Recluse. And she drew a great spider there. Oh, that is nice. Scary teeth. Brody saying Black scary Widow teeth. and Brown Recluse. Corinne, Black Widow and uh, Scarlet Nothing. Yellow Scarlet. <laughs> Cal saying Black Widow, Brown Recluse. Giannis, Black Widow, Brown Recluse. Dan got Black Widow, but not the Brown Recluse. The two answers are Black Widow and Brown Recluse. Black widows are found across the country, while brown recluse are most common in the Midwest and South. The CDC recommends you seek medical attention for either bite, as they are both highly toxic. Black widows kill about six people each year, but brown recluse deaths are almost unheard of. So you've you've encountered one of these, Garrett? Uh, no, I looked it up recently because um, I thought maybe I did, but. Sounds like there's a lot of people that think they get bit by a brown recluse, but it's actually a wolf spider. Mm. And uh, I got this on my goat hunt, and for three days, my hand was like twice as big as my other hand. Oof. I got to the point I couldn't close my hand over the weekend. Is that your trigger finger? Yeah. yeah. Oh, but, but you didn't but have I, I didn't have the tag. The gun wasn't in your hand. And um, so, you know, the first day when it was all swollen up, you're like, oh, whatever. The second day, you're like, oh, this could be something. By the third day, I'm, you know, on the internet like anybody else would be. And they're like, ah, if it's a brown recluse, you'd get like a hollow, they, it's like a blue hollow look to uh-huh. it because this everything's decaying underneath it. We had uh, a trip in the Littlewood drainage there out, outside of Ketchum, and a buddy of mine got bit right on the butt by a brown recluse. Really? Yeah. So it was bad for him, but it was also bad for everybody else because we had several days of like, hey, can you look at my butt? Right. <laughs> Did mm-hmm. he sit on it? <laughs> yeah. By the time we got out of there, it was... Um, it, I mean, it ate like a, a hole in his butt. half a baseball size hole in his in his Man. butt. Yeah, how's he doing a, today? A tissue that that the doc had to scrape out. Uh-huh. It, it hadn't like all come Ugh. out that way. But yeah. terrible. Yeah. Question five. The topic is wildlife. Three states have a bison on their state quarter. Name one of them. Three states have a bison on their state quarter. Name one of those states. Some quick answers in the room. Dan, did you know this one? I think I do. Garrett? I don't know, man. You boys were fast to the draw on this question. Three states have a bison on their state quarter. Name one of them. Man. We will get a scoreboard update from Phil after this. I was confident I might be wrong, though. I'm sticking my guns, though. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Garrett saying Wyoming, Maggie saying South Dakota, Brody saying Oklahoma, Corinne saying Iowa, Cal saying North Dakota, Yana saying Oklahoma, and Dan saying Wyoming. We have a correct answer in the room. The three states are Kansas, North Dakota, and Montana. Damn oh, it. shit. I don't think no. anyone wanted to guess the obvious one. Bison are the most popular animal on state quarters. North Dakota's shows two bison grazing in the Badlands. Montana's shows a bison skull and has the phrase Big Sky State. And Kansas's shows a bison standing near sunflowers. One of the funniest and most collectible error coins is actually the 2005 edition of the Kansas quarter. Instead of the quote, in God we trust, some versions say, in God we rust. Mm. Awesome. North Dakota State is bison, right? Isn't that there? Yes. Right. But but you have to say it with a Z. They go bison. 
Oh, really? Yeah, you look like an outsider if you yeah. don't say Ooh. bison instead of bison. That's a good tip. Phil, Hot hit tip. us with a scoreboard update. We are halfway through the game of trivia. We are. We have uh, every, everybody's on the board, which is always a fun thing at halftime. We got Dan and Corinne <laughs> with one point apiece. Maggie, Giannis, and Garrett all have two points. Brody with three and pitching a perfect game. Is Ryan Callahan with five points? Cal. Oh, Cal. Cal. Wow. Those chigger bites aren't slowing you down. <laughs> I want to tell you about an American made success story and Black Buffalo's award winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. Black Buffalo is all about the history and tradition of dip but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly, but keep the ritual with flavors dippers love. Mint, straight, and wintergreen, all proudly made right here in the USA. Tell them, Chili. The reason I like Black Buffalo pouches is, one, they're very discreet. And what I mean by that is I can throw one in and almost forget it's there. And I prefer the mint pouches. So if you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were onto something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in, ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. Question six. This is a video question. 
If you want to see what the room is seeing, then go to my Instagram and check out at Spencer Newharth. I'll make it my most recent post. What fishing brand ran this iconic commercial in the late 2000s to promote the durability of their rods? And just so we don't give away the answer, Phil has bleeped out the name of the company in the commercial. Brody knows it without seeing the video. I might change, but I don't think I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah, you're right. I, I think I know. I was so sick of him fishing. I ran over his with his own truck. Don't get me wrong. I'm couldn't be happier that he found a hobby. <laughs> oh, time to go fishing today, Harry. I I'm a peaceful person. So I gave it to our dog Sugar as a chew toy. Your mama, her husband back. What is that thing made of? You know what happened? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I'm not changing my answer. Man. Uh, it, you want to see it one more time or no, you feel okay about no, it? No, but... And I'll tell you what. these They are durable, man. <laughs> like, I that, I fully support them. My kids cannot break them. A lot of hints out there That's by amazing. Brody. <laughs> what, uh, what's this? Say the question again. <laughs> what fishing <laughs> brand ran this iconic brand. commercial in the late Gotta. 2000s to promote the durability of their rods? Hmm. Your kid, your kids may be more gentle than Sam Bates. Is that right? <laughs> she found a way to break one. <laughs> Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Garrett saying ugly stick. Corinne, or excuse me, Maggie saying Basscaster. Brody <laughs> saying ugly stick. Corinne without an answer. Cal, Giannis, and Dan all saying ugly stick. They got it right. The answer is ugly stick, or I'd also accept their parent company, Shakespeare. Oh, see, that's what I was worried about. That that's you weren't going to accept ugly stick because that's not the brand technically, right? That's like a line. Well, it's, it's a still a brand, right? It but is. the the parent company is Shakespeare. Shakespeare created the world's first all graphite rod in 1976. It was an engineering feat that caused the brand to focus on the rod's performance rather than cosmetics. The marketing team asked the engineers to make the rods prettier, but when the engineers said that was a waste of their time, the marketing team had no choice but to lean into the rod's bland appearance. Thus, the ugly stick was born. Question seven, the topic is hunting. This next great question comes to us via Andrew Berkey. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. What color in the rainbow is most invisible to whitetails? What color in the rainbow is most invisible to whitetails? How does anybody actually know what the answer is? Well, you could look at the rods and the cones in their eyes and then simulate things based on that. This is an agreed-upon answer. I even checked with Jim Heffelfinger to make sure that this science is still relevant uh, because biologists have known about it for a while. The most visible or most invisible? Most invisible. Most invisible. What it's color in the way rainbow of putting it, like, is most invisible? Yeah, that's I how knew the, the answer to that question, Cal, but that's not the question. Right. That's how I found that these papers would phrase it was most invisible. So I stuck with it. Yeah, it's a weird way to put it. What color in the rainbow is most invisible Two white tails. Garrett is changing his answer. Cal still has the perfect game going. How you feel about your answer here? Oh, about as strong as I feel about white tails. Do you know all the colors in the <laughs> rainbow? <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What kind of <laughs> rainbow are we talking about here? Does everybody it, have an answer? Is it a double rainbow? Right. <laughs> Go ahead and no, reveal your no, answer. No, I don't have one. Oh. 
<laughs> okay. You had to get... wait for <clears throat> um, answers when you asked that question. Roy G. Biv, Giannis. Oh, there's Roy a hint. Roy G. Biv. That's, what that's, if he didn't oh. know that? No, I know. I know. And yet you My still kids. haven't written an answer. No, I haven't. I feel confident that Giannis with two small children can pick a color. (laughs) Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Garrett saying orange, Maggie saying red, Brody saying red, Corinne saying blue, Cal saying red, Giannis saying red, and Dan saying red. Clearly wrong. They got it. The correct answer is red. Wow. This is applicable to whitetails across the continent, whether you're hunting the suburbs of Washington, D.C., Egg Country, and Buffalo County, Wisconsin, or the big woods of Alabama waterways. These also all happen to be the places you can watch Mark Kenyon hunt whitetails in <laughs> Meat Eater's newest series called Deer Country mm. right now. Spencer, are you going to explain some science to us or not? Nope. No? You know, I, I it saw some blue. Uh, deer blue is very visible last week to them, called mule deer. Right, right. so I tried to think of something yeah, opposite on what, the spectrum, yeah. right? Yeah. Question eight. The topic is conservation. Three thousand of what New York City icons were dumped in the Atlantic Ocean from 2001 to 2010 in an effort to create artificial reefs? Three thousand of what New York City icons were dumped in the Atlantic Ocean from 2001 to 2010 in an effort to create artificial reefs? Maggie, you think you got this one? She does. One more time, Spencer. I don't know, but... 3,000 of what New York City icons were dumped in the Atlantic Ocean from 2001 to 2010 in an effort to create artificial reefs. This is question eight. We will get a scoreboard update from Phil after God, this. Man, this is just embarrassing. Ah, oh, I don't this even is want hard. to this say this out loud. There's a lot of New York City icons. Maggie knows it. Corinne seems like she knows it. Maybe on a Brody and, and Giannis. I'm like 50% okay. sure. <laughs> That's good enough. The educated guess is, yeah. is all I got for you. I'd a lot like of riding a, and racing uh, less aqua-related mm. uh, trivia next time I'm on Well, here. you know, we did a whole gun episode for Garrett. And... He did. Yeah, and I <laughs> failed at that <laughs> miserably. <laughs> Does everybody have an answer? Go yes. ahead and reveal your answers. We have Garrett saying lobsters, <laughs> Maggie saying yellow taxi cabs, Brody oh, saying taxi cabs. Corinne, I cannot tell what you have written there. Empire State Building statues. Cal <laughs> saying parking meters, Giannis saying taxis, and Dan saying Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Nobody got it. Oh. The correct answer is subway cars. Holy shit. Oh, damn. This mm. was referred to as the Subway Reef Program. Wow. The 18-ton cars were stripped clean and then placed off the coast of New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, South Carolina, and Georgia. Today, they're a flourishing habitat for sea bass, tuna, mackerel, mussels, barnacles, coral, and more. Cool. Phil, we have two questions left. Give us a scoreboard update. We do. Two questions left, and only two players left in the game. Those two players are Brody with five points and Cal with a two-point lead. He's got seven points. Okay. Cal is right in line with the the Shelby index of nine here. You're still in there, buddy. Question nine, the topic is cooking. This process, which is essentially the opposite of dry aging, uses sealed bags to tenderize meat. This process, which is essentially the opposite 
of dry aging uses sealed bags to tenderize meat? Some quick answers. Cal is keeping his pace while Brody does some rewriting. No, I haven't done any writing. No, yet. no writing yet. He's balancing his checkbook. <laughs> One more time. This process, which is essentially the opposite of dry aging, uses sealed bags to tenderize meat. Bro, do you have an answer? I do, but I think it's wrong because I can't think of a... Does everybody else have an answer? I feel like my answer is too dumb. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We it's have Garrett saying wet aging, Maggie saying brining, Brody saying brining, Corinne saying sous vide, Cal saying wet aging, Yanni and Dan also saying wet aging. They got it. It is wet aging. Wet aging is a relatively new technique that's become popular thanks to the invention of vacuum sealers and refrigerators. It's best used on lean cuts of meat like venison. If you want to learn how to perfect this process, then go to TheMeatEater.com and read Danielle Pruitt's article called How to Wet Age Meat. Doesn't it basically involve just taking a back sealed bag out of the freezer and letting it sit in your fridge for a week? Exactly what it is. Patience is what it is. But it's supposed to be quicker uh, than dry aging. I, I'll tell you right now, I will never, my my scientific run at dry aging for any sort of positive result is, is over. Like, I just, I don't get anything out of it. So how soon are you butchering after you kill something? I think a week to 10 days. Uh-huh. And, but are you still doing some wet aging or not? Oh, I'll like take a bunch of meat out at the beginning of the week. Yeah. And so the stuff at the end of the week, you could say, has been wet aged. Yeah, I do wet aging by a product of uh, not being super organized. So yeah. it works well. Yeah. We know our winner is Cal, but Phil, give us one more scoreboard update before we do the final question. Yeah, well, Cal now has eight points. Brody has five still. So um, do you want more than that? Spencer? That's okay. okay. Question 10. <laughs> I appreciate The that, topic Phil. is wildlife. This next great question comes to us via Aaron Svetana. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, send it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. Three states have a state bird that's native to another continent. What is that continent? Three states have a state bird that's native to another continent. What is is that continent? Quick answer from Dan. You know this one? I thought I did the last time I had a quick answer. It's <laughs> a <laughs> so final question. One more time. Three states have a state bird that's not native to North America. What continent are they native to? It's kind of a blowout, huh, Spencer? Three-point win? I'd identify it as that, yeah. Yeah, but the Shelby index is... Uh, yeah, I'm supposed to. If I don't get accurate. this one, I'm failing Shelby. Okay. Yeah. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Garrett saying Asia, Asia. Brody saying South America. Corinne saying Asia. Cal saying South America. Giannis saying Asia. And Dan saying Asia. Is it Greenland? The correct answer is Asia. Those three states and state birds are Delaware and the Blue Hen Chicken, Rhode Island and the Rhode Island Red Chicken, and South Dakota and the Ringneck Pheasant. Both chickens and Ringneck Pheasants are native to East Asia. I was thinking actual birds that fly around. (laughs) Cal is our winner. Good question, Spencer. Well, that was a listener question uh, from Aaron. Good job, Aaron. Aaron. I like that. Cal, is this your second victory? 
I maybe I, I don't know. Well done, Cal. It is yes, and also Giannis pulled uh, pulled ahead into second place there at the end. Ooh. 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 So, that's what I'm talking Dang. about, there you Phil. Pump <laughs> <laughs> <Pump, laughs> me Phil, up. That Phil, doesn't get you anything. Did I beat yes. Garrett? <laughs> uh, let's see. Dan and Garrett were tied with Ooh. five points. Oh. You should ask him the tiebreaker questions, Spencer. We're going to save the tiebreaker. <laughs> They're not easy to come up with. Giannis, you don't get anything for second place, but Cal gets what, what? to choose where the $500 donation goes for getting eight correct and winning this episode of Meat Eater Trivia. I'm going to say Montana BHA, who's currently intervening in a lawsuit between United Property Owners of Montana and Montana Fish and Game. United Property Owners of Montana claims that it's unconstitutional for Montana Fish and Game to manage elk mm. as a resource, and they're trying to get them to eradicate elk in any unit that's over-objective right now. And so. what direction is that trending right now? Well, the judge just granted the intervention or intervening status here last week. Um, so it's we we'll see. We'll see. I, it'd be hard to imagine that uh, the interest in the state would let it go that way, but we're definitely in a interesting time in regards to management. So. So by helping BHA, you're helping that battle with a $500 donation. Well done, Connors. That's right. Dan, thank you for joining us. Hope you had fun. Join us next time for more Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. Three days only. Save up to 30% off bestsellers from First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store. They'll also have for sale the Bear Grease Trucker Hats and Camo. They're included in the sale and all the great gear on First Light. Whether you're fishing, shed hunting, scouting, sighting in rifles, or cutting lanes, your gear needs to keep up with all your spring and summer pursuits. The sale has you covered. Hurry, the sale ends May 16th. Shop now at firstlight.com, F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com.